What's up, man? Uh, just sec, and we're recording. What's up, brother? What's that logo on your hat? It's got to be Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, number three. Danger nice. talk coming up. Um, how are you, dude? What's How have you been spending the last uh, few COVID? You've been at home? Be honest, man. What have you been doing? You've I've been, been at home. Okay, the- so I did. I did meet up with a family member. Oh, Aaron. I know. What do you, and then, what do, who do you think you are? You think you're me? You think that you could just go around <laughs> pretending there's no coronavirus doing shows and seeing friends? Is that what you Yeah, think? that's what I did. I, it was, it was a cousin. It was not Melissa. It was Melissa's brother. Okay. And so I was like, he's like, why don't we ever see you? And I was like, I'm available. Right. Cause like, that's like in my heart, but I was like, you should tell family. Yeah. And then he's like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I was like, Ooh. I guess we're getting COVID tests until we got COVID tests. Oh, nice. You went and got tested together. Yeah. So, like, that was how I was able to find an outing. That's pretty like- good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's really <laughs> smart. Like, it's like, well, we're being responsible together. Yeah, it's totally the loophole I found. I'm like, yeah, you know that's what? actually great. I signed us both up, which you have to do with separate emails if you do that. Yeah. So, I used two different emails of mine. Signed us both up, and I was like, cool, now we got a couple hours, and we do this. And, and you came, and it came back negative. Yes. You didn't get COVID. But what about your antibodies? <laughs> That's the scientific term for some sort of things that fight stuff. I don't really know. I see. I only brought my body. So I don't know how they're going to test the antibody. Well, the, the, you took the COVID test. And you can also ask for like an antibody test, right? Well, yeah, but that's different because right. I went it's to Dodger tests. Stadium. They don't have that at Dodger Stadium. Oh, they don't have it. I see. You like waited in your car? Yeah. Yeah. Their I know car. that's how it worked. Yeah. Yeah, like you sign up in advance, and then when you get there, you show them your confirmation number, and they just literally put like a sticky with your confirmation number on your window. <laughs> and then they like just barely open the window. They tell you to barely open it, and somebody with like this long stick puts the test in through your window. Yeah. And then you I, rub it all over your mouth. No, I don't like this at all. And there's a big video where you have to get your AM radio hooked up to it, and you do that. And then there's like a dude who's like waving people in to drop it in a trash can. And he's standing all far away. But he's like, drop it in the trash can for real. It's like, you can't fuck that up. Or else he has to stop cars and walk up and like do it with like gloves and shit. This is very exciting for all of my listeners and fans who are in Arizona who have never been tested. They don't know anything about coronavirus. This is they the don't even know that tests are it. happening. Yeah, they have no <laughs> idea. They're like, what is it? Like, what is a cor- Like the beer? You're like, no, no, it's a whole virus. It's killing people. They have no idea. Yeah, there's no virus in beer. You're crazy. Yeah, no, I drank that all the time last last week. I don't even know why you're being such a pussy. <laughs> I, I don't feel uh, bad at all. But yeah, but that's my loophole. If you want to hang out with your friends, go get tested with them. Yeah, and that way smart. in two days you can go, look, we weren't idiots. <laughs> well, I'm getting all this mixed. I've gotten all this mixed stuff, you know. People have said mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, well, you know, you got you got to get tested. and uh, And if you have antibodies that means that you know you can't get any more it's like chicken pox or the measles so you're you're in the clear if you've already had it mm-hmm. and there's other people who are like no you can get it again and i was like well where, where is everyone getting is this will the world forever just be like you can argue whatever side you believe in like there's just no facts yeah. anymore yeah now that we've reached the internet we've got rid of facts it's there's the just no thing. facts everything is just like nah mm-hmm. that's not real you're like dude it's totally it's very frustrating yeah if you went to facts.com it would be like whatever you want now 
it's free. Like it's we're in America. It's Tax up for debate. Everything is up for debate. There's just no real facts. <laughs> and, and it's funny because I'm like texting with my doctor, right? Back and forth, back and mm-hmm. forth, back and forth. And even he started each text with like, um, you know, we don't know a lot yet, but we think every text started with that sentence. It's like, I know, man. It's not like I'm going to hold you to the fire on this and like bring you into court and be like, look, he texted. You saying, won't, but somebody else will. When yeah. I was doing 911, all of my training, 95%, so not all, 95% of my training was all the liability of what you can say on the phone. What a word. Because people take you as fact. And so everything has to be like, I would suggest you take the knife out of them. You know, like, it's not like. <laughs> my recommendation, I can't tell you what to do, but my reckon, they're like, get to the fucking facts, he's dying. No, exactly. I suggest getting away from the killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you give somebody something real specific with yeah. no maybe on it, and then they do that and they want to sue you, they have a case. If you say, I suggest, what a weird you don't. Thing. What I a know, weird thing. but that's when what that all start? of the training was. When did all this like insurance liability and like just in case and, mm-hmm. you know, don't have the neighbor kids jump on your trampoline. What if they break their arm and they sue you? Like, like when did all this start? I feel like it started in our childhood. Because our parents didn't have that fear. They were like, oh, yeah, we broke our heads against the neighborhood kids. Yeah. Now we're close friends. Wait, like, Isaac's not going to sue us? That kid, he's just like our neighbor kid. He's going to, they have yeah. to live by us. Like, but now it's like a whole thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they're like, didn't you give that kid a lazy eye? You're like, I did give that kid a lazy <laughs> yeah. eye. But, but, I mean, he came over and he was trying to wrestle on the trampoline. If I'd have broke, if I'd have broke my eyeball at his yeah. house, I wouldn't have sued them either. No, exactly. But it seemed like it was like in, somewhere in the 80s or 90s, That's everyone crazy. became sue happy. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you know much about that story of the woman who burned herself on McDonald's coffee? And and like, yeah, it was the oh, in, super famous. It was like the inception of the frivolous lawsuit. Mm-hmm. But but the but the problem with it, if you I mean, you sound like you already know, is that mm-hmm. it wasn't a frivolous lawsuit. They gave this woman coffee that was like 200 degrees and the mm-hmm. cup, like, and I probably because it's so hot, the styrofoam cup, like the lids, those are always real janky, anyways. But she yeah. had like she barely it wasn't on properly, and so she put it in her lap. And then when she was driving, the coffee gave her like third degree burns on her thighs. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a frivolous lawsuit. Why are you selling lava to the elderly? Like it makes no sense. <laughs> I compare it to Andy Kaufman. What Andy Kaufman did was great and real but what he inspired was total bullshit you know and so like this lady her lawsuit was real and necessary right but what she's inspired people to do is total bullshit well that's a good way to put it too because i imagine most people don't know that that's what happened to that lady that what they do Mm -hmm. is similar to like modern times uh and i'm i've been guilty of this not as much lately but i've been guilty of it too but like we just read the headline you know, and we're like, hey, did you hear about that oh, bitch that sued, uh, sued McDonald's because her coffee's too hot? It's like, duh, coffee's hot. What did you want? Cold coffee? <laughs> and then we both head down to the open mic and try our stupid McDonald's is sued for coffee hot bit. Exactly. No, dude, that's exactly all it is. Yeah. Uh, start, only reading the headlines didn't start with the internet. It only became easier with the internet because you have to click on the headline to read it. And you're like, yeah, I yeah. already know what it's about. You know, like, but even when it was just USA Today, you just walk past it. And you're like, did you see that thing I walked past? And didn't even <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I saw the headline. That's outrageous. And you're like, well, you should read the article. There's 
But there's no journalistic integrity anyways. Like I've been watching this thing on Netflix um, that George Clooney executive produced. I think it only came out like either last week or maybe it could have came out yesterday for all I know, but it was like, uh, I sat down and watched almost every episode, but it's called trial by media. Mm. It's incredible. But each episode, the only thread of premise is that it's something that happened. The news Mm -hmm. reported on it. The public opinion was like just a chaos about what the media produced, but it wasn't necessarily what happened. So how the media was so. So now the trial has to unprove the media instead of just prove their point. And the media's whole thing is like, wait, if it bleeds, it leads. We're just trying to get entertainment uh, or not entertainment, but we're trying to get something interesting in, in our. No, you're right. You slipped, but you're right. They're just looking for entertainment because they just need you to stay on the TV. But like you can't just call it inter- – like oh, the reason I didn't want to call it entertainment is because you've lost all your journalistic integrity if you're just like, yeah, we're putting mm-hmm. an entertainment on. Like ESPN, right? It's called entertainment. Like that's what E stands mm-hmm. for in ESPN. But they don't They don't like go, breaking news, Charlotte Flair retires from – like they're not reporting yeah. on anything entertainment-wise. It's sports. That's like what is supposed to be most important. And you learn by watching this show like – Dude, the media does not give a fuck about what's real. No, they care about their numbers. Much like ESPN, they're not really reporting sports. They're just like, what would happen? Where are these five places this person can go? You're like, that's not a report. Right. That is gossip. That is sports gossip. That's what you do, ESPN. I guess it's you know, just like, not as dangerous, though. That's the difference. Yeah, they don't stay as dangerous. But even like when I was a kid and I was watching it'd be like if they copy. said we heard we believe LeBron is going to go to the Knicks but they don't have mm-hmm. a source they don't have a name and they don't like that would be what basically our newspapers yeah. do and like what they no exactly do. and the Knicks are like what you know yeah. like, oh. but, but even as a kid when I was watching like hard copy because my mom put it on it was like oh look this movie is coming out and by the way this trial happened and this person killed their kid you know like that lady didn't stand a chance but now we have that virally in Twitter, yeah. we every day we have a new lady who killed her kid sort of thing. That's just an example. You know, right. like... Yeah, it's true. Well, and that's yeah. kind of the thing, too, is like uh, like school shootings and stuff like that. People are like, isn't it sad that we've become so desensitized to it? It's like, no, I just don't know how to help. <laughs> like, it's not like I'm desensitized to help. I just don't know what I'm supposed insane. to do about that. I don't have kids. I don't... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like I'm... Uh, nra member or anything like that i don't know how i'm supposed to, i can i can be just as sad for sandy hook but at the end of the day i i like i wake up a week later and go i've still got to do comedy and i've got my friends and family like mm-hmm. i don't really know how to do anything you know i've tweeted this in the past i think you have too that we want a way to know who's paying the politicians oh yeah for sure we both put the same tweet out there the same idea that nascar is like they should be like nascar like jackets yeah like the way the politicians put on their suits they have their their coat jacket that has all their sponsors on it so i can which, choose where they're really going exactly and which also like why are it's interesting that they feel so sneaky about like they don't want to advertise who they get their money from it's like well that's suspect yeah. incredibly suspect because yeah. they're like i'll say whatever you want to hear and then like but they have money back there and the crazy thing is I found out how little the NRA actually pays these politicians to get them to vote to keep this these gun laws so crazy open. Yeah. Well, but it's like $3,000 a person. Maybe we You're should like, talk about that, the the gun laws. Like, do you have strong opinions about the gun laws? I do because yeah. I've shifted on it. I grew up in Arizona where we would go out into the desert and just shoot. 
we'd shoot a cactus. Yeah. My well, friends I grew would, like, up the cut up eggs on a hill. I okay, grew up. Yeah. I grew up in Seattle, where if you even said anything positive about a gun, you were a racist piece of shit, and like, like just ha- the idea of a gun was like you must be a racist, like a hillbilly. Which, by the way, every time I shot a gun, I said nothing racist. It wasn't like I was just. <laughs> well, like, no, but that's how preposterous oh, it that, is. Like, bam, bam, bam. like they just think you're Yosemite Sam in Seattle if you even talk about a gun in a slightly positive way. <laughs> but I've shifted the opposite way, where I'm like pretty pro gun now. And then, uh, and so you said you've shifted, but I'm guessing against guns. Yeah, I feel like we've proven as a nation we can't handle ourselves. Right. And so maybe it's that. time that we try to figure out where we can handle ourselves. Right. Like, I, I don't think we should get rid of everything, but it's also like, hey, guys, every time there's a school shooting, we're, we're going to push back a little bit until this sort of stops. We're going to make this harder to achieve. We should yeah. try to make it harder to achieve people, like killing people we don't know. Yeah, well, I guess the reason so I agree with all that. I think the thing that I've shifted on hard to and, fight that. But yeah, but I think that that's really reasonable. The difference is that it it always comes back to like in a perfect world, or ideally, or I think as a nation, like those are really like uh, kind of like vague. You know, it's not very like specific. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that like bad guys can just go get a gun, and when I say bad guys, I mean people who have shady institutions mm-hmm. like like kkk members or I the oh, or the just people want to pay in cash they can get it that day they without just go get a gun check. easy from yeah. some bad guy illegally it's super easy for bad people to get guns and what mm-hmm. we want to do is put laws on people who want to get guns that aren't bad people you know like uh they want to do it legally they want to say hey, uh, i want to i've got i want to protect my house or i want to shoot some mm-hmm. deers or whatever or I, like i live in wisconsin where guns are just a thing and we make it harder for those people to get guns. And we don't, there's really like, you, there's nothing happening to the bag. I have an argument against that. Yeah. Is that it's going to be easier to track down the 300 people that are selling guns to the bad people than it is to track down every store that sells guns, every Walmart, every, but what do you mean? Things. Track them down. It's when you figure out how these people got their guns. Yeah. So many of them are legally obtained. All of these things that they're doing are legally obtained. Right. And so if we make that harder and they're still able to get them, it's easier to figure out how these people are getting them. Like we know who the major drug dealers are in this country and they watch them. And you can do the same with the same people that are selling arms illegally. But if you're only watching the same 250 people selling arms illegally, you don't have to focus as hard on the 20 or 50,000 people that are also selling arms legally just as fast. Yeah, well, You're like, able to narrow down that field. They were like, like, we I should think- make it harder for mentally ill people to get guns. And then what happened was like, because that kid that shot up Sandy Hook, he had like some mental problems, you know? He was like a recluse yep. and he, he obviously had some, you know, anger and some rage and some pent up yeah. stuff. All, this, all these things, I'm not probably saying the right medical terms, but he had some issues for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll just I call them medical issues. Yeah, I call him a big stupid dum-dum is what I call him. But anyways, he... Uh, That's what the doctor put it as. He shoots up a goddamn school full of children who never even did anything to him. They're like little kids, like very little kids. And so everyone yeah. is gutted and disgusted. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, we need to make it harder for people like this kid who are mentally ill to get a gun. He stole it from his mom, who's like a normal lady who had like a registered mm-hmm. license and all this different stuff. So it's like, if we'd have just made it, uh, you know, like that's not gonna, he still would have got that gun. Yeah, no, it's not, there's no perfect world scenario where tomorrow they're gone. You're just right. trying to slow it down. 
you're trying to slow down the guy that buys the gun and an hour later goes to the movie theater and mows people down that he doesn't know. Right. Like some of this stuff is still going to happen. We just have it happening every yeah, day where most countries true. have it happen once a year. And yeah, sometimes I mean, people like uh, they buy the gun because they're like, nah, I'm pretty upset. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, so there's still going to yeah. be something. Yeah. I watched, well, one of the episodes on that Netflix thing was, I didn't even know this happened, but Jenny Jones, you know, like in the age of like when that daily talk show stuff was I know like exactly just what you're talking about. The yeah, guy that came nuts. out and said he had a crush on his neighbor. He's like, yeah, I have a crush on him. I want to, I've got some fantasies of tying him up in this hammock and having champagne and whipped cream licked off of his body yeah. all this like crazy stuff and then he comes out and he's like hey who had a crush on me and they're like this guy right and then he literally yeah. <laughs> goes and buys yeah, they gun. said it like norm mcdonald well that's what happened and even and even yeah. jenny jones like you okay there what are you thinking like she's really antagonizing it because mm-hmm. you know that's her job she's the host of the show and then he went and uh he went home he acted like everything was cool, and they just kept I know. needling him. They kept sending him letters and flirting with him and shit. And he finally just goes to a store, gets a gun, and shoots the guy. Yeah, allegedly though, he uh, he. This is all alleged. He that guy that shot the gay guy, um, slow danced with him like the next night at a bar, kissed him. Uh, oh. Some believe that they had sex. And so it was making him, um, it could, you could argue that what he was most mortified about was that the show was kind of trying to out him. Now it becomes like a gay activist. How easily swayed he is. No, not how easily swayed. Oh, okay. He's, especially during that time. Yeah. He was outed naturally instead of doing it. Yeah. That's not fair. Yeah, because whatever your sexuality is, you don't want like a bunch of people on television laughing at you and going, ah, ha, ha, ha. He might be gay, and then he's inside. He's going, "I am gay. I've been fu- struggling with this for fucking ever." And now they're making like a big thing, and so especially yeah, he's wrestling with it. And if he if he did end up hooking up with that guy or like doing whatever, like the shame he probably felt the next morning or whatever. Like I don't know. There's probably pretty complicated mental things with that. That is. I mean, Jenny Jones wasn't lying. He could have been like, "Hey guys, this can destroy my life." Yeah, I, I wish he would. Like, there must have been a way to be like, "I know you guys want to air this." But honestly, like, this is my scenario. Yeah. Don't ever say this shit. This could destroy me. Well, like, I think he also started obsessing about it. And this is just my theory. Because, like, his dad, he kept having, like, the, he, like, took his dad out for beers. And, he, and, the, the, and, and the dad was like, yeah. And he told me, like, uh, hey, that thing in Chicago didn't go well. Uh, it mm-hmm. ended up being a guy who had a crush on me. And his dad was like, what? This is ridiculous. Like, it was dad was, like, really egging him yeah. on about how, like, which could be, like, let's say I'm gay, right? And then I tell, but I've never told anyone. And then I tell my dad, oh, my God, they put me on a TV show and a guy had a crush on me. And that's my tester to my dad. How's he going to respond to that? Oh, that's that? true. Yeah. And then and your then, dad just and fucking then your dad's collapses. Like, what? Oh, God, darn homo. You know, and then you're like, oh, God, like, this is. So it, mm-hmm. could, it could be like a whole snowball of events that happen. Of course. And that was like 25 years ago. I mean, it's only gotten better to be able to come out. And yeah, nowadays like, you come out and there's a whole, like pressure. everyone's just fucking sends you like 75 congratulations texts and stuff. But it was different exactly. in 1990. Yeah. Oh, for sure it was. Oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know all that stuff. But also like that really killed all the surprise talk show things. Oh, that did it? That was the premise end of it? of a talk show killed it. Well, because well, that's, that's when they started sending out things like, hey, sign this paperwork just in case. Like we were talking in the beginning, like just as yeah. a formality, it could be a boy. It could be a girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
they have to do that now because before that, it yeah. was willy nilly. People are like, I'm here because I'm a hunting enthusiast. They're like, no, you're here because your wife is cheating on you with her brother. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, she's what? a boy. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. She's been my wife for three years. Three fake years. <laughs> That's what it really is. Well, one thing I think that uh, I, I always want to like interject when I watch a television show. That's why I like watching it with like a, a girl or a friend or something is because um, I'll watch and I'll be like, I, I just want to keep pausing and being like, listen, is Jenny Jones show responsible for humiliating this guy? Yes. Yeah. Is Jenny mm-hmm. Jones, uh, you know, trash tv that is exploiting these really sensitive issues yes all these things are true uh, i think the network would agree still like, that's don't get to shoot people <laughs> like that's the rule yes for sure so th- but they also should... if that guy was made to f- take a test that day to see that he was mentally distraught mm-hmm. it could i don't know how you test to see if someone's mentally distraught on one day more than another Right, but mentally distraught, you still don't get to shoot people. So it's like it's still murder, no matter yeah, what. But he purchased What's to the debate? gun after being shaken off of the sane wagon. Uh, yeah, but I think what made him off the sane wagon—that was the beginning—was the show. But yes, it's, it's and then him. I also this is another part that wasn't in the show that I believe is like he was probably going. God, that's going to be on television in like a week. Like those yes. days leading up to it is mm-hmm. where the tension is. It's like okay, well, no one's seen it yet. But it's coming, you know, and, and just that fear of that. But I, I, again, I don't care if they put me on TV and they strip off all my clothes and they, they throw honey on me and everyone laughs at my tiny wiener. Like what, whatever the worst thing that could happen would be. Mm-hmm. I still don't get to shoot them with a gun. What he should have done no, is just went I get home, it. demanded that they don't air it. And if they do air it, which is like, there's a little jackpot, because even if they do air it, now he's really got a lawsuit. And yeah. just sue him saying, you humiliate. You ruined my life. You guys tricked me. Yeah. Which would but, be a much, much better feeling weirder, like it's a different lawsuit altogether. Like you don't the time go Jenny buy Jones a gun out of the and then say, I had to. No. I had to shoot this guy. Oh, yeah, no. No one's saying that he was right on that. Yeah, I don't think anyone problem. was just like, well, that's the appropriate way to take care of all this. Well, his lawyers the- were. It's like in court, they were all just like, well, he should Oh, really? Yeah, they were like, he shouldn't have to deal with any... Well, they were kind of like, in nowadays terms, homophobic. Back then, I, th- I, I, I give it mm-hmm. a pass. But like, in nowadays, they were going, imagine if you if you were being called gay on TV, huh? How would you feel? And then they cut to like the jurors, and the jurors were like, I wouldn't like that at all. I would fucking hate that being called gay. Like, they're all like, you know. <laughs> and so, so Richard Simmons is there standing next to David Letterman, and he's like, that's, our, that's our, what we do. It's our premise. Didn't know. <laughs> David. Well, that was great. Jenny Jones was awesome on trial. Like when the, she actually took the stand, she was like mm-hmm. smiling. And the guy was like, how would you like it if somebody uh, if somebody uh, brought you on a television show and then and then said they would they would want to tie you up and, and put champagne all over your body and whipped cream? You'd be pretty humiliated, wouldn't you? She goes, oh, some might find that really exciting. <laughs> but like that's a great response yeah. because nowadays the women's movement would be like well it's different i'm a woman and he's a man and it's like no fucking mm-hmm. you'd be yeah but jenny jones handled it super dope i don't know that's great that's how i'd expect madonna to handle it you know oh gosh can we talk about her for a second yeah i love madonna i don't strange I fact about aaron to. aaron's always loved madonna i've listened to all of her albums i know all her <laughs> music videos I didn't know that. I also didn't realize that I didn't have, I didn't realize I had all this knowledge about her until I worked in a CD store. Yeah. And somebody was like, there's a Madonna 
video where she's on the beach and she's like kicking up sand. And I'm like, oh, it's on the True Blue album. <laughs> right? And they were well, just this like. This is a great friendship moment. I'm learning something yeah. new about you here. I didn't know that. Although you, to people that are new listeners, um, you do always know the most about a band. You are like the most encyclopedic guy about bands, even bands you don't like. So it's in, I'm not surprised, but I also didn't know you liked mm-hmm. Madonna. Well, I like it. It's weird, like, because, like, music and movies are kind of the same to me. We are like, maybe I like this producer. I should check out the other things he's produced. And so you go look at it. Yeah. Or, like, I started to recognize that all of a sudden it was like, I bought, like, five albums with the same studio drummer. Let me uh-huh. check out these other things, because he seems to attach himself to projects I like. Right. And so, like, there's that kind of thing all the time. Or you so, like, I try to figure out, because I don't believe Madonna is 100% of Madonna. You know, she's a brand. And so she's got yeah. a whole thing. She's like a sports team, essentially. Well, what she needs is a publicist because she's... <laughs> I'm telling you, that's the There's only reason no I'm out she on. doesn't have one. I'm out. I'm all out on Madonna. The first time what I ever do? thought... So I used to love Madonna. She was great. She was like the Lady Gaga of before Lady Gaga, right? Like she was out yeah, there. She was fashionable. She was in like all the tabloids. You know, she's parading around with... Uh, you know, trans people before I even knew what transgendered people were. She, she was always with like the hottest guys and then like Dennis Rodman and got him cross-dressing. Like she was wildly interesting to me. And then also you can recognize her Mm -hmm. talent. And also like she gave the Beastie Boys their first. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. Well, that's interesting. Yes. She did interesting shit. And then she's also like wildly talented. And I I knew about her because of, uh, well, because I have sisters, but then also like, she's kind of the introduction to the Beastie Boys. Like I, mm-hmm. they, they opened for Madonna and I knew that before, uh, like the internet or anything like that because of my sisters, my sisters like, Hey, these guys were all annoying, yeah. which I thought was funny. Interesting. Whatever. doesn't matter. You're like, I love annoying guys later on. I know. I was like, I'm going to be one of them someday. But later on in life, she goes on the tonight show and she's like, you know, I think that I, 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 if I wasn't a musician, I'd be a comedian. And they're like, Oh Yeah. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. this is The Tonight Show if you want to try it. And they let her go over to the microphone. And you know she thought that these jokes were going to do great. And The Tonight Show even goes Mm -hmm. like, yep, hey, say whatever. You know, like, uh, stand as a practice. (laughs) Clear all your bad jokes. Dude, it was a train wreck. And as a comedian, I was just, like, mortified for her. I've seen this clip. It's awful. I'm well aware of what you're talking about. If anybody goes back and watches it, that is exactly what it's like to watch a showcase from somebody after they took a class. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Identically what it is. So Although, she no, she didn't do of... the, like, I know what I look like. <laughs> she didn't do that routine. No, but she definitely chose her route of, I'm an older woman that dates younger guys. Yes. And did pretty generic jokes on that. And she did the it same wasn't... The same payoff. I'm not even going to call it a punchline. She did the same uh-huh. payoff for each example. It was uh-huh. the same. Exactly. Like, I just heard that yeah. in the joke before it. I don't understand. Yeah, we get it. You reference something with you're a nervous fake delivery yeah. that somebody taught her. Yeah. That, you know, like that feels super dated and with a stiff, like we're not used to seeing Madonna stiff. Yeah. But she was stiff. She was nervous. She's in it a hair so toilet outside of her. Miss confidence, just being nervous up there. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with her uh, trying it. I do have a problem because I don't have a problem with hobbyists. But what she got out of that was such a trophy that comedians spend their whole career Not to get to. Tonight, she did it like on the stage. Like it was like such a slap in the face. 
And mm-hmm. technically, she got to come back to the couch, which means she got called back over. You know, got the old green light. Hey, come back. <laughs> it's unreal. Well, it wasn't Johnny. Johnny would never. Johnny would have heard that set and been like, like I think we're eesh. done with Madonna. Yeah, Guys, eesh. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, and we'll be right back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, so people who are ad- never coming back on the show again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing I will say, so like that was the first time where I was like, that was uncomfortable and weird, and it felt like in my own wheelhouse because it's comedy. Um, mm-hmm. Then the pandemic happened, and people were sending me Madonna's tweets, and I was so uncomfortable. She, like, I don't know what her tweets are like at all. In her giant mansion. And I mean, mm-hmm. like, her face is unrecognizable anymore. I don't know if it, I don't know how Botox works or any of that stuff, but I mean, she just, she looks unrecognizable. And she's in a milk bath naked with like rose petals. And there's like some sort of weird music playing in the background. And she's trying to be like deep about the pandemic. And she's like, that's the thing about this whole thing. It's the great equalizer. It's made us all one. It's made us all equal. It's like, what do you mean equal? You're in a milk bath in a mansion. Everyone's mm-hmm. losing their jobs. They don't know how they're going to feed their families. They're waiting on the president who's like, I don't know, put bleach in your body. And they're, and, and, ah. she, and she's claiming we're all equal. It was, it's so cringy. And she's put out like 30 of those. What I love about the pandemic and celebrities is that celebrities are like 0 for 30 in their attempts to make Ugh. people feel unified. So bad. Like Ellen did a thing in her house where she was just like, I feel like I'm in prison. And everyone's like, there is not a prison in the world. <laughs> yeah. in house, Ellen. You stop it with that. You take your Porsche around the corner and you think about what you just said. Well, it but is like, a women's only facility, her mansion. That is true. <laughs> we don't know what her servants are like. We don't know. Uh, she might have fine. a male cook. Sort of say, I don't know. Like that is, it's so. Uh, it is the hardest thing for actors is it's like if you watch their lives, their Instagram lives, or like you watch, mm-hmm. like you said, like anything they kind of put out. Dude, it's so depressed. It really makes me not really crazy about actors anymore. Dude, almost all of them. You just get people are like, "You're out of touch. Stop yeah. it. We are one. You are a separate one. The one yeah. percent and the rest of us have divided yeah. through this thing." And like, especially like, cause like everyone's out of work and they're like, we're looking for another stimulus check. And you're just like, oh, oh no, I only got 500 million in the bank. Yeah. Oh, well, that, I think uh, Robert De Niro made something like that. Did you just hear that story? Yeah. His estimated, his estimated worth is, yeah. His estimated worth is 500 million. Uh, but he claimed that he was like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, between this divorce and between COVID, I am uh, bankrupt. And they're like, well, I don't think that's accurate at all. Like we looked at, like, we know your finance, like people that know his finances were like that. He's, yeah. he's not bad. I see. I didn't read it. I automatically made assumptions. I'm like, he must own buildings and those people aren't paying rent and he still has to keep up on those <laughs> yeah, things. But then at the same time, all you got to do is sell it, Robert De Niro. So still yeah. in my mind, you're like, no, stop it. Well, but, and yeah, also no. like, let's say he is, let's say he's gone bankrupt, right? Like, mm-hmm. Let's just give him the benefit of the doubt. I still have trouble giving him sympathy uh, because, you know, oh, you're going to have to sell a few of your properties, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. I'm sure that's very awful. He doesn't want to like go backwards in all yeah. the things he's earned and, but, but also 
you you can't get sympathy from all the people that have they're losing everything they're losing their own apartment they're like 44 year old dudes i know that are like living with their parents right now because they're just like i don't know yeah. what else to do i can't go do my job oh dude what's his worst case scenario joining cameo and charging 500 dollars <laughs> for a one minute video <laughs> wishing everyone a happy birthday he's like oh it's oh. a tough day being robert de niro hey guys it's me from goodfellas remember mm-hmm. Happy yeah. birthday. Get out of here. I feel so much guilt doing cameos. It's just so much. I feel so much guilt. I. It just feels I'm, like. I think it's the best thing that happened during quarantine. <laughs> well, like you've been doing great with it. And I don't want to share that story so people hear it. But the, like, it just feels like when someone comes to a comedy show and they leave, I think what they bought some ticket, they had to buy mm-hmm. some drinks. And even if I didn't give them the best show in the world, that's a pretty fun, easy night. It's great. I did a yeah. good thing here. When they send me $40 to wish them a happy birthday and I'm just kind of like rambling, trying to be funny and like say all the things they want me to say and include all the names that they want me to include. Mm-hmm. Um, I send it and I just feel a little yucky. Like, ugh, like I don't think that that was worth it. I don't think that they deserve like, mm-hmm. I think I, I always want to just send them free ones because it just feels weird. Yeah, no, I get that. But also it's like they're so willing. Yeah, I know like, they're they're down. Yeah, I paid, you know, Sinbad $60 and I couldn't wait. Every day leading up to like that oh, Sinbad video, I was like, oh, Sinbad's going to send me a video and so, I can't wait for all of this. Your cousin didn't even mm-hmm. have a birthday. She just cousin <laughs> Melissa. She she moved away and you've been uh, especially um uh ir- irritating towards her towards the move i think you were like you were sad that yeah, she was I'm leaving yeah, yeah like you're like this sucks that my cousin's moving all the way to san antonio to be with some boy like i don't want this so you were mm-hmm. especially all over her shit that week and like the weeks yeah. before and after actually for a little while and um so you decided well i'll give melissa a cameo which is i'll yeah. find a celebrity that she likes but the problem is like all the celebrities she likes either aren't on cameo or they must've been like a thousand dollars, right? Like they're super expensive. Yeah. I went and I looked at her Instagram to look at everyone that she follows. that's verified. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't heard of any of them, but I'm finding out that she loves all these like real housewives of this city or that city. But to be a real housewife, you're already rich. So oh, yeah, for yeah. a rich person to want to do a cameo, it's like 400 bucks, 500 bucks. And, and like, they're so out of touch too. Those like those, those people yeah. believe like they're super famous now. Like they, like, yeah, and that's like what I make in a week. So I'm like, I'm not giving up a week worth of pay for this. And so right. then all of a sudden I was just like, you don't know who's under a hundred dollars. Who's the most famous and Sinbad is $60. And he's, and he's also Sinbad. really funny. Like Sinbad's like a mm-hmm. super funny dude. Oh, he's like supernaturally funny. It's yeah. like bizarre how funny he is. I've heard and so, read so many stories about that. So you put in the thing. Do you have it written down anywhere? Like what you wrote? Yeah. Yeah, me, I, I, wanna, I yeah. can't pull it up right now because it's on the phone. I'm on the phone right with you right now. But it's, I thought it'd be funny to wish Melissa a happy 84th birthday party <laughs> or birthday, you know, just so Sinbad can call her old. And Sinbad would have no idea he's calling her old. Yeah, he has no idea. He doesn't believe. It's definitely on her birthday. She's definitely not 80 at all. She's from, <laughs> how old is she? Like in her 20s? No. no, she's actually in her early 40s. Okay, yeah, but like not 80. But if, she, yeah, but if she's listening, yeah, she's in her 20s. Sure, yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever you want. <laughs> I and thought then, maybe uh, she was like 28 or something. I didn't know. No, no, no. She's like her age. And then... So like his ask, cause it's like, what's the celebration? I'm like, it's her birthday. And I'm like, how old is she? I'm like, she's 84. And like anything else you want to tell Sinbad? I'm like, yeah, tell her to stop bullying me. She thinks just cause she's my cousin, she can get away with that shit. Exactly how I wrote it. And so then I wait, you know, like, and I like, 
couple days pass. I'm like, what's Sinbad doing? I look at his website. He's in Tempe, Arizona that weekend. So I'm like, okay, fine. I get it. He's doing shows. I check his Instagram, but he also, it was the same weekend as Father's Day. And so he's like, I lowered my price for Father's Day. So come check out like my cameos. I'd love to say happy birthday to your dad or whatever. Happy Father's Day. And I'm like, oh, he's probably got a bunch. He lowered his price. He's advertising to come to his cameo. Yeah, so it might take a little longer. And then on the seventh day, I get that email. Sinbad has responded to your cameo. Oh, I couldn't wait. You know, and it's Sinbad laying back in his chair. And he's just like, hey, what's up, Melissa? Happy birthday. 84 years old. Go on, Go with, on with your bad, bad self. self. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, I, uh, I hear it's your birthday. Happy birthday. But I also hear another thing. That you're uh, bullying your cousin. He said just because you're his cousin, you think you can get away with that shit. That's his words, not mine. His words. His yeah. words. Quit jacking the brother up. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Quit jacking the brother up. You don't deserve that. He goes, you know what? You're 84 years old. If you just want to get one quick pop in and then yeah. get out, just pop him once, get out. I didn't like that part. What is he talking about? I was what if you really, what if you really were <laughs> abused and you're like, I'm going to spend $60 and maybe her hero and, and uh, for her birthday, she'll <laughs> stop hitting me. And then he puts it in there like, no, get another one in there for me. It's like, what the fuck? Exactly. He can't do anything. He'll go to jail. Unreal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was the greatest cameo. And that's when I decided I'm going to use Cameo only to get celebrities to lie. You that's know? great. No, it's great. Really and it really does show that they'll just read whatever the hell it says. They don't even care. Well, yeah, if you got one that said happy, like, 70th birthday. I think it's real. Why wouldn't you? I, I didn't know, go yeah. too far out of there. Well, look at the one that someone made for, like, Tom Segura, where it was, like, all of our hero wrestlers saying mm-hmm. their shtick to Tom. And it's... And it, like they don't even I bet most of them didn't even know Tom Segura talked all that shit about wrestling and wrestling fans. Also, yeah, I not. don't believe Tom would even know most of those wrestlers. And then also He must have only known Ric Flair. Right. And how insulting is it that like Bret Hart is like, Tom Segura, you're the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. I'm like, no, he isn't. <laughs> he and he hates <laughs> you and he hates me. What are you talking about? I was like, so but they paid Bret Hart. $13 and so he fucking did it Like it's just so insulting As somebody who goes to Cameo too frequently I know Bret Hart is $150 oh, exactly. I know but I was trying to make it I know seem their prices, I get their prices I will Ric say Flair this. is 500 so I was impressed that they got Ric Flair Someone my actually favorite, spent 500 on it My favorite Cameo Is uh, mm-hmm. Is uh, On Justin uh, Downing's Birthday I was in Arizona with Josh Nelson Mm -hmm. and Josh Nelson booked a cameo from me to Justin. (laughs) (laughs) So I did it like I would do a regular cameo of like, yeah, Mm -hmm. hey, Justin Downing, I hear it's your birthday, man. Like a happy birthday. I don't know what you're going to do. Like I just completely made it sound like I wasn't his fucking close friend. That's so funny. That's really good. Josh is good. I was going to ask, What's the most awkward, like, fan interaction you've ever had? Like, has anybody asked a really awkward question where you're like, you know what, that's, that's hard for me to interact with? The first one that comes up isn't a very endearing story, but um, I was in Utah, and I was doing this bit about how, like, how hard it is. Because you know how Utah works, at least you know how, like, the mm-hmm. Mormon community works, is, uh, is that – Especially in Utah, either you are. Oh, here's copy to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's allowed now. They uh, they're fine with it now. So, 
you're either a Mormon in Utah mm-hmm. or you were a Mormon and now you have nothing to mm-hmm. do with it or you've you've like stepped away or you hate it. Like, but like there is a Mormon opinion in your body if you mm-hmm. live in Utah. It's like so high of like, if you subtract all the people from Utah that either were Mormon or are currently Mormon, you're getting rid of like 80% mm-hmm. of the state. Oh, you know, it's true. If you have any neutral Utah people left, it's like 5,000 in the whole yeah. state. And they moved there because they're like, oh, I, I'm in, I do like uh, snowboarding and I wanted to come to Park City. You know, like it's not. <laughs> so, yeah. That being said, um, I'm on stage set talking about how like hard it is to like hook up with girls and like, like everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very conservative in Utah. They get married. Some people get married like 15 years old or something like that. You know, like that's or not no. 15, but they get married like out of high school, like right in high school. Mm-hmm. They're like some girls are like in their senior year with like a wedding ring on. It's like it's insane. So I'm doing this whole bit about how like, oh, man, it's so hard. I've never this is like the only state I've never had sex in. And then this woman during the show shouts, yes, you have. And I was like, what? And then everyone like starts laughing and like cheering. And, oh, I was, no. like, and I was like, that was very funny. But no, I think I know the people I've had sex with. She goes, evidently not. And then another big laugh. And I was like, mm-hmm. there's no way I had sex with someone, you know, in Utah or you. I don't know who you're saying. She's like, you had sex with me. And, and then everyone's like looking at her and like it was mm-hmm. super embarrassing. But then after the show, I'm waiting. I'm selling CDs or whatever, signing mm-hmm. stuff. And as I get to the... um as she gets to the front of the line, she goes, hey, I was the girl. And she was beautiful. And I was like, dude, I never had sex mm-hmm. with this girl. And then she gets out her phone and starts showing me photos. I was like, yep, yep, I definitely had sex with this girl. Oh, no. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> and I'm telling her right to her face, like, I don't remember this at all. Like, I don't know. And then when she showed me the mm-hmm. photos, like, it all came flooding back. But it, I, I mean, that's pretty uncomfortable. A whole audience of people basically laughing the fact that I'm a slut. It was weird. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's pretty uncomfortable. I'm sorry about that, buddy. I didn't mean to bring that story <laughs> back up. And that doesn't bother me now, but it's just like, imagine if like I was. But if that it. girl's listening, she's yeah. like, finally, he remembers. Waiting well, to remember for years. Yeah, you had to scar me for me to remember. But that's the other thing too is like, what if I'd have brought like, what if I had a girlfriend at the time and I brought her to that show? How embarrassing mm-hmm. that! Like, oh my god, you'd be in trouble for like a week. Oh, you think only a week? <laughs> I don't know how it works. <laughs> Always broken she up would let you know fight. she's mad at you for only a week. But that anger would carry on for yeah, years. That's life. Yeah, exactly. Because then all of a sudden you'd just be watching a movie that takes place in Utah. And she'd be like, <laughs> why are you watching this movie, Jeff? <laughs> I wanted to ask you about this. Have you heard of Rando Nodding? I don't know anything about no rando nodding. I don't even know. Wait, no, okay. no, no, no. This is the app you told me to download yeah. that I downloaded and have yet to open. It's you asked me to download it two weeks ago. Still haven't opened it. So good. So for people listening, what rando nodding is, it's, I mean, here's the thing. I haven't got to do it correctly because I've been in quarantine all locked up. But mm-hmm. sooner or later, me and you are going to do this. Here's, here's how it works. Mm-hmm. You and a friend, you think of an intent, right? You think of something like, you know, like uh, words like a vegan would say, like positivity mm-hmm. or love or hope or meaning, you know, stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Or you could get a little trickier and think of like evil or creepy or scary. Or you could think of a word like that. Okay. You know what adjectives? I wanted to look up though? What? We got to look up like Bigfoot, ghost, oh, I know. witch, 
I want to do Bigfoot for sure. The problem is like I live in a city. So that's, what's been tricky. Like we need to drive somewhere, then do it. But what he does is this app while you're thinking it, you don't say it out loud or anything. You just think it. And then you hit the button and it, it, it gives you a GPS location to go to. And at the end of that GPS location is whatever your intent is. So it's basically like a, um, a 2020 Ouija board in a way is what people are comparing it to. And that's why I said, Oh no, you, when you said like you only think it, I was like, "Don't Ouija me." You don't I'm say. I'm so it. scared of Ouija. Yeah, I know. Me too. But this is so crazy. The stuff on the internet that people are getting is insane. Like one, the what made Randonauting super famous is in Seattle. These group of kids were on Randonaut, which they found on TikTok, and they go to the mm-hmm. location. They're like documented on TikTok, and uh, I don't know what their intent was. It was like something like uh, is creepy or something like that. Kids love that word. Young people love that word. Yeah. That's creepy. He's creepy. You're creepy. They love saying creepy. So they go to the location and it leads them to a suitcase that's like dumped off the edge of this dock. It's like there's water and then a dock and then a suitcase on the rocks. And so they're like all excited. Like, wow, what if it's treasure? What if it's like drugs or like whatever? So they go down, they jump over the ledging. (laughs) They go down to the, that's me just saying that. Yeah. So they're, uh, filming it and they're open it up and they're using a stick to like pry the thing open it just looks mm-hmm. like black uh bags but when they opened it it was such a strong and uh foul smell that they called the police and in the suitcase was a dismembered human body now how does the app know that no one knows how the app works i'm sure the developers <sighs> are being contacted right now by the seattle police department but that's yeah. not even, like there's more. That's the most like fascinating documented fact. The yeah, other that's ones horrifying. Well, the other ones could be like faked for all we know. Yeah, that's, that's the only one true. we know is real because like the police came. It was all over the news. It was like this whole thing. Um, but the the other ones are pretty good. That's borderline unsolved mysteries. Oh, it's so crazy. You've been watching that show, haven't you? I watched all of them. I didn't like them. You did. I'm so like mad them. at all of them. Why? No, because they're all like. When I was a kid, it was like, that's right. They would make it three segments. And so you had three 10 minute stories and it was like, it was completely unsolvable from what you had. It was like, this person came into the cave with white hair, came out with red hair. They saw a ghost with red hair. How did that happen? (laughs) Sort of like, there's no evidence that leads from A to B. Right. This time around, it's like, here's the 25 pieces of evidence, but we're missing one piece. What is that one piece? You know, and you're like, well, wait, but everything else is already in line. So I'm not questioning anything. Yeah, like you couldn't call in and be like, hey, I have information leading to this. Uh, This guy who got abducted by a UFO in 1986. (laughs) Yeah, all of that's impossible for this one thing to be like, Hey, we know the murderer. We know the dead body. We know the lady where she was murdered, but her body was six miles away. How'd it get there? Right. You're like, I don't know. Ask the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, you know, like, I, I was shocked on how long they were. I thought that was very yeah. puzzling. It was like an hour and a half. It felt like for like one. Uh, but the other thing I, that happened to me that I don't know if it happened to anyone else. I keep the subtitles on, right? Like I, I like I to keep the words at the bottom of the screen for whatever reason. And um, only on one of the episodes did the subtitles become verbal. Like, so Mm. while the show's going, the guy would be like, and then we went over to the bridge across from Finland. And it's like, 
while he's saying that, man sitting in chair says, we went to the bridge across from Finland. It's like, why? Like, it would narrate what's even on the screen. Oh, it was awful. Even the opening, they're like, man, a strange man walks through a paned window as eerie music plays. You're like, I know what the opening segment is. And it was like verbal. So I didn't watch that episode. I skipped it. That's, um, well, there's a word for that. It's something like, it's more than just closed caption. It's like closed captioning for the blind. Right. There's an extra thing for that. And you can turn that off. I accidentally, when I first turned on Moulin Rouge, like 15 years ago, because it was popular at the time and I wanted to see it, that was on it. And I was like, Moulin Rouge is awful. Why is it acting like I'm not watching the movie? <laughs> Moulin Rouge, I'm watching you. You don't got to tell yeah. me you. You like tweeted and it I, and everyone's like, turn it off, stupid. You'd watch it Before Twitter, I complained about it. And then like, I had a girl roommate at the time that was like, no, you're dumb, dumb. What are you doing? She turned it off and I was like, what? Oh, this is better. It's still that's too really much fun. for me, but it's better. Yeah, it's like I didn't know they could make Moulin Rouge worse, but I guess if you just turn on the verbal subtitles. Yeah, I call that the girlfriend uh, commentary, where it just tells you what's happening. You know, it's just like, who's he? Oh, look. Exactly. Oh, that's just Ewan McGregor kissing the girl, finally kissing the girl. And you're like, I know, I'm watching the thing. Oh my God, Jude Law's kissing her? You like? Oh yeah, it was Jude Law. I don't even know. I just... <laughs> I don't, I don't even know. know if that's accurate. I don't remember either. Um, Although when I was showing movies for Cinespia, our biggest mistake ever was showing Moulin Rouge. Really? Why? Because we got like the 30 millimeter, right? They were so happy to get the 30 millimeter from the original pressing from when it was first done 20 years ago, which I always told my boss. I was like, that's a bad idea. Those break. They're brittle. Yeah. They suck. They don't even sound good. They don't look Lots good. Lots of room for error. And there's no improvement over showing the DVD or the Blu-ray. You get no upside except for like this weird hipster pat on the back that you found something that was old. Right. And it broke so many times that they had to give everyone their money back because it was just so brittle and the yeah. sound would cut out. And so you're Ugh. just like, I know. Same happened for Die Hard. But uh, Moulin Rouge, we were able to get Die Hard to go again. And so we didn't have to give people their money back. We were unable to get Moulin Rouge to go again. And so we had to give everyone their money back on Valentine's Day. Yeah, that sounds awful. It sounds also, like we ruined. it's just not that kind of movie. Like, if you have the original, like, what is it called? 35 millimeter? What is it called? Yeah, 35 millimeter. If you have that of, like, Casablanca or something, that's, a, that's an accomplishment. But not, like, Moulin Rouge. It was, like, a new movie. Exactly. Well, it's 20 years old. But it's not old. It is for film. A film, like, those film pressings are not meant to be played 20 years later. They're meant to be played a lot for a year. Oh. Hmm. Like, there's a moisture that, that they yeah. leave. Yeah, that's why you don't find those. Like, if you found a box that said Casablanca, you'd open it up and there'd be the tin and there'd be dust. Right. Well, which is have... funny is, like, why? that's another reason that it shouldn't be that big of an accomplishment. You should be able to find it for, like, every movie. Because who would want it? You can't play it. It's not good. They repress them. But if you're a classic movie, they'll repress it. So because especially now the midnight movies are a thing all over the place. Yeah. Like they'll repress Princess Bride over and over again and send it all over the country. Weird. Yeah. But it, like, that's the thing. But like, they're like, no, I want the original and I'll pay extra for it because it's more delicate. And you're like, yeah, but yeah. it sucks worse. You're doing <laughs> a bad job at this. Like, I remember finding my old VHS tapes. You know, like my dad's like, you want any of these old ones? And I'll yeah. like, yeah, of course. And you put them in the VCR and the VCR just cuts it. It's like... Even our VHS tapes as kids don't really play well anymore. I'm with that information. I'm surprised your brother hasn't just completely just 
<laughs> killed life. himself. Yeah, just like uh, <laughs> this is the worst news ever. What Jeff's making reference to is that my brother used to VHS record everything he watched on TV. So no memory was lost. He had every episode of like the Rosie O'Donnell show, the talk show, because he loved it. Every episode of like Raw's War from like the 90s that's now on the WWE Network, thank God. Yeah. He thought uh, be, I remember. He thought he'd be the database of like television. Like someday someone would need him. Like, oh, does anyone have episode seven of... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no exactly yeah like just like they're yeah. gonna need him hey guys we're missing season two episode seven with elton john being interviewed by rosie o'donnell and he'll between... be like i've got it i, I recorded yeah. that he's going through <laughs> exactly. all of his old vhs's Ugh. yeah but uh he i remember when he lost those tapes he lost them he had them in a storage how do you lose them that sounds like you put them in storage and you stop paying the storage and someone <laughs> yeah, storage yeah. wars is it Someone's storage wars that facility, and that's what they got out of it. It was a bunch of those tapes. But you know what was in that storage facility that I really am mad that I didn't recover from it? Because he asked me to go recover stuff, and I didn't recover much. I yeah. did. I was like, dude, it looks like just a bunch of bullshit. Is there was a signed 8x10 that he had from Chris Benoit. Oh, wow. Yeah. He went to a Chris Benoit autograph signing in the 90s, of course. I remember my mom was like, I don't like him. He hit on me. But my mom thought that with anyone that paid her a compliment. If you were just like, oh, thank you for coming with your son. You look nice. She'd be like, he hit on me. Yeah, yeah. My sister had that problem, too. It's like she, she like for for being so grossed out by a man who hit on her, she really let everyone know. You know, she was, mm-hmm. she was like, oh, we're at Fred Meyer and a guy hit on me. It's like, yeah, right. It's like, why are you even bringing that up? That was like three hours yeah. ago. Like you're telling all the rest of the family. Like it was like such a weird thing. I don't know. Yeah, Chris but my Benoit. mom would do that all the time with like Chris Benoit. Whenever he showed up on TV. Oh, he hit on. I bet you I didn't talk to my mom around this time. But when he murdered his family and it was revealed that he murdered his family, I bet she was like, he hit on me. Told you. That guy. That guy. That I knew. I knew. I warned you. He probably saw you guys and was like, this chick's into short guys. And I've got maybe a chance, you know, I'm a little buff short mm-hmm. guy. <laughs> I wasn't there during the time. So I don't, I don't know. I never met Chris Benoit. Do you think like, if you asked your mom, like if you interviewed your mom, you're like, all right, I'm going to uh, ask you random questions about society. Actually, I should do this with my mom. Be like, who is Chris Benoit? Right. And of course, your mom mm-hmm. would know. Right. Yes. My mom would have no idea. But you could ask your mom, did you know that Chris Benoit, like, what, like, what it, is he still alive? Could you ask her that? Do you think she'd know that he killed his? I don't know. That's a 50 50. Yeah. Um, it's more important that she, that she felt hit on than what happened to him. To, <laughs> that in her mind. First person. But experience. I'm sure. Although I'll tell you, if I got to interview my mom, I wouldn't be asking questions like that. I'd be like, did you ever love me? Like, that would be the first question. No one would want to see that interview. Uh, no, everyone would. <laughs> because well, her answers would be so the opposite. No, exactly. She's like, I loved you the way I could love any son. You know, if you were a lady, it'd be totally different. <laughs> yeah, no, she, I don't even believe that. It would be like, yeah, I love you in the way that like, I love hamburger helper, you know, like sometimes I want it and sometimes I don't, but it would I don't be... think she'd be that honest mom. Like people are just there too. True. Yeah. She'd no, be, you're of right. Of course, Aaron. You're wrong about that. It's like, well, none of your actions and none exactly. of your freaking... Let the evidence show. Yeah, it's like, you're, you're full of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. But that would be the questions I would do. I would break my own heart just repeatedly in that interview. 
Oh, I would love to just show the world how simple my parents are. And, and that's another thing is like, that sounds like I'm being mean, but you could literally ask my mom, like, what year did Morgan Freeman die? She'd be like, oh, geez, I don't know. Probably like the 80s. And it's like, no, he's still alive. Like my mom, they're just so out of touch. Like my mom would hate celebrities that she knew nothing about. I would just be like, oh, you like uh, Dennis Hopper? She's like, he's icky. Mm-mm, hate that guy. I was like, well, you hate the actor? <laughs> You hate the actor? Yeah, or is it a role like, he played? Yeah, just she's like, there'll be someone who just come up on a screen. She's like, can't do that. No, don't like that guy. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he was the bad guy in Ghost. And you're like, I know, but like he was playing a part. He did a part really well where he was the bad guy in Ghost. No, Jeffrey, he's a ghost. I saw it. <laughs> so weird. That'd be great if you asked your mom when Patrick Swayze died. And she's like, in 1990, in the third scene of Ghost, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, oh, Swayze that is... <laughs> That is probably what she, I mean, she's, they're the worst. The way they talk about stuff. I don't know. Yeah, that's really, I think that's really endearing. That's kind of what we love about Larry David. What, that he doesn't know Very kind of stuff? Very simple like that. Well, yeah, you, that you're like, in his interview where they're like, do you like music? And he's like, nope. Like, so he never yeah. listened to music. No, never wanted to. Which I think is interesting, but I think he's full of shit. Yeah, I know you think he's full of shit, but also yeah. it's like it's just such an interesting perspective that you're listening to it. You're gonna hear it he's out. Like, I, he's like, I heard it. I get it. I don't. Uh, that is what he said. <laughs> yeah, all of music. I heard enough music to get it. I heard all an I interesting thing uh, that he's so uh, what's the term like neurotic that mm-hmm. he he can't do an interview without wanting to know all the questions and coming up with his answers beforehand. I don't like that. I don't like that either. Isn't that weird? But it's like Who him like going that? because we like the moment. He's just is he anti the moment? No, it's just that he doesn't like to um like for us right now, like some people might listen to this and be like, I love Aaron Marsh, I love Jeff Dye. I listened to this episode, they weren't very funny. They were just talking like humans do. Uh-huh. Where that's what he's afraid of. He's afraid Which if you that- believe that, please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, but he his his fear is that someone's gonna watch him in something and go that wasn't funny. Like he need, he feels the need to always be, you know, re- revered for how funny he is. I get it. But also like, you gotta be in the moment. Like, cause I thought about prepping some questions for you, mm-hmm. but then I was like, no, what I like about us is that it's like, they get to witness what us having coffee is like, Yeah, except if, we're in our houses because of this. Exactly. Like if we were doing this on stage, they might have a complaint, but like, this is how, this is how podcasts work. This is how we interact. Yeah, you know what? You guys are paying the right price for this. Yeah, that's free content. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which reminds me, actually, um, I don't know why this just popped in my head. But, like, I thought – maybe it was because I was thinking, like, Larry David is, like, always one. But, like, Bill Murray's always in the moment, and he's always funny. Mm-hmm. And I, I just yeah. heard this We endear about, his ability to be in the moment. Like, oh, he's good. in the moment more than anyone else on the planet, it feels like. I just read this story about him at the ESPYs. He was introducing the award for, like um, – comeback athlete of the year mm-hmm. and there was like all these or not a lot i don't know how many there could be but the two main people was um the tennis player monica Sellis when she got stabbed right mm-hmm. and then michael jordan who just came back from baseball to win a championship okay. and uh and it was a whole thing and uh they play all the, the packages and the clips and the music and then bill murray mm-hmm. reveals that michael jordan has won the comeback player of the year and bill murray before he gives the trophy to michael jordan he's like hey mike you know i know coming back from baseball and winning the championship was really great huge and everyone loved it it's no one bigger than you bud but uh 
Come on, man. She got stabbed. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess Michael Jordan did not think it was funny and was like super pissed off, even though he's friends with Bill Murray, who was kind of like thinking like, of course I should win everything. I'm Michael Jordan. Like he was still competitive. Mm -hmm. Oh, so funny. After watching that documentary, I bet Michael Jordan was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go get double stabbed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, you think I couldn't get stabbed? Yeah, check this out. I'll get stabbed on the way up. <laughs> he's, I know, that, that documentary really revealed how competitive that guy is. He looks like he seems to be an unenjoyable competitive. Like, he's, he's not even having fun yeah. at that point. No, I don't think he enjoyed his life. I remember when I was working at I-1-1, we would throw hypothetical questions at each other because long hours. Right. Makes sense. And people ask me, they're like, if you could have lived anyone else's life, whose life would you live? Hmm. And I was like, oh, Caligula right? Because he's just murdering people and orgies and drinking. And and they're like, you no longer work for the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You and no longer like, work for the emergency operating people. Yeah, they were horrified. They're like, Aaron, we thought you were going to say something like Michael Jordan. And I was like, practice all day, every yeah. day, no fun being on a bus, not allowed out. No, thank you. Getting you called old like at 35. At I don't want to get called old at 35. Yeah, exactly. Like, no. No, Caligula is definitely better than Michael Jordan. Caligula. Well, answer that question now. Who, whose life do you think you would have wanted to have if you could live someone else's life? Um, is, uh, who's the, the guy that shot all the cops? Chris, Chris Gardner? Chris. Jesus. Because <laughs> he had the most Grand Theft Auto life. Like, he put all the passwords on and lived through it. Well, he's not lived anymore. But, you know, he, he, got he didn't good. make it very long at all. Those cops were like, he's coming for cops. All right, put every unit on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and then he had of course, to hide a cabin. He had to, he had to hide in a cabin for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I still think Caligula might be the right answer. Um, sure, it's really it's hard cool because, life. like, you want to choose, like, this weird giant hero. But like I yeah. said, these weird giant heroes don't get great lives. They lose a lot of their own life because they're a hero. Yeah, I don't know, man. Ted Turner's got like, a pretty good life. Sure, yeah. I mean, we don't want to admit it, but Donald Trump's got a pretty good one. No, nah, I wouldn't want that one. I wouldn't want it because he's so, I mean, I wouldn't make those choices. He's so hated. But I mean, like, that's a, like, you like you just think of like, who's the most charmed life? But he doesn't seem like he's enjoying himself. Even if you're a Donald Trump supporter, you got to admit, like, I've never seen the dude laugh. Oh, you know, you're right. And that, I'm actually, now I'm thinking about like all like the stuff, like the evils that he did take joy in. I don't like those things. Yeah. So like what, like who seemed, I guess the question for me is like, who seems the happiest and also richest? Because I always think about the money part of you like know how what? much freedom it gives you. I would choose Ernie Banks. Ernie Banks played for my team. Yeah. He was smiling every day. Yeah. Had a great Hall of Fame career. And then. After his career died, he just coasted around Chicago like a god. Yeah, Everyone yeah. was happy to see him. And it was like every story you hear about the guys, like, dude, then Ernie Banks showed up and we all congratulated him. And then he ate his meal, smiled, made us all laugh and left. <laughs> yeah. And also the thing about Ernie Banks, too, is that, like, I don't know if he did. I imagine he probably did pay for his meals and beers. But we can tell you he didn't have to. There, like, that's something yeah. he didn't have to do. Like, he could have, like, he could have been beers for free for life the way where he lived in mm-hmm. old wrigleyville yeah no exactly like i mean that ernie banks existence was pretty good but he you didn't know, win like, a championship he never won a championship and he died before they he saw it happen what was his uh what was his nickname mr cub that was it 
Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's it. That's 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 not enough for you, Mr. Well, Cubs. Not enough. Think about Mr. Mariner. That's the nickname of Mr. Mariner's Alvin Davis. It's yeah. like what? What? That should be Griffey. Griffey's Mr. Mariner. Uh, if you were to ask so, me, but, but Mr. Cubs, he was Mr. Cubs. Mr. Mariner is. I yeah. would have not guessed. That. I would have guessed um, Buner. Oh really? No. He, I because mean, because Griffey's so famous for leaving too. Uh, not to us. We act like it never happened. Yeah, I get it. Because he like I mean, left like, our team and then he stopped being magic. He just got like seven injuries in a but row. But when he got Mr. Cub, that was before we had every team got a Mr. after him. Right. There wasn't a Mr. anything else when he was a Mr. Cub. Who would be like, Mr. Diamondback? Oh, my God. Because they're all like all the ones that made the biggest. I guess it would be Luis Gonzalez. Oh, it's got to be Gonzo, right? Yeah. Because Brandy Johnson was only there for like four seasons, four electric seasons. Yeah, and incredible seasons. But yeah. also it's like he was a Mariner and then he was a Yankee. You know, like I think that's he really... wishes he was Mr. Diamondback, though. He does. And the Hall of Fame wants him to be because they put him in as a Diamondback. No, he want, he You get to pick that. He picked that. They stopped letting people pick it. No, they didn't. When did they do that? Like 10 years ago. Really? I forget who it was. Somebody was mad that they were going in as an expo instead of something else. Really? Well, they pissed and, me off because they put um, they the well they didn't piss me off. The rule was you pick a team so that uh-huh. you, you, where you're from you can go. Okay, I'm a Mariner. Finally, the a Mariner wears the Seattle symbol on his yeah. placard, and that's why the only reason they put Griffey's hat forward on his placard is that so Seattle fans could see an S. Of course. In the Hall of Fame. That's the only That's reason important. they did it. And Griffey agreed. Uh, and then now we have Edgar. So we have two where we can see the S. Mm-hmm. But I remember Greg Maddox was like, I can't decide. It's like, well, we'll decide for you, stupid. It's Atlanta for sure. And he's like, yeah, but the Cubs were the first team to take mm-hmm. a chance on me. And my wife really loves Chicago. It's like, no, dude, pick one. You have to pick one. But I thought there was a problem with some people choosing like the Yankees when they played for the Yankees for like two or three years, but their thing was with somebody else. They won a championship. So we should look it up. I, if they yeah. changed it, I didn't hear that at because all. Because I thought it was, I thought there was a problem with Reggie, with Reggie Jackson wanting to be known oh, yeah. for like Mr. the Mr. Yankee. October time yeah. and the Yankee stuff. Mr. Yankees, actually Bernie Williams. Um, and then I meant Mr. October. It was just, yeah, no, but the Mr. October thing, yeah. but they're like, but you spent more time with the A's and I forgot the team that he was before he was a Yankee before he was an A too. There was another team that he also spent a lot of time with. Was he an angel? He was an angel for a long time. Yeah. 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 Angels, you're right. It was Oakland, the A's Yankees, Yankees Anaheim. Yeah. yeah. And so like, and he spent more time both with the A's and the angels. And so like, they're just like, but why this? And it was just yeah. like, well, because I got my nickname from this era, from these very specific couple years. Well, what was uh, what they what they put on it? New York. He went New, New York because at that time it was their choice. Right. But I heard the Hall of Fame didn't like that. They okay. wanted it to be something else. Yeah, because you don't want just a Hall of Fame full of a bunch of fucking Yankees because they have the most. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Because yeah. like, let's say they just buy you for three seasons and you win three championships in those seasons, and it's like not because of you necessarily, just because that's mm-hmm. like super team. But you're like, but I got all my rings there, and you're like, well, fuck, I guess you know. Yeah, it would be like if Carl Malone won the championship with the Lakers and wanted his plaque to have the yeah. Lakers on it. Like, no, we know you're Utah Jazz. You Which is kind of what Gary Payton does. Gary Payton loves wearing his like championship ring around. And mm-hmm. uh, and they ask him to like talk trash about someone that or not talk trash. They give him like some sort of hypothetical, like who would you rather have on your team? 
And I think it was like when Dwight Howard was like a rookie, he was just like ripped and yeah. unstoppable. And uh, and they, they were like, would you rather have Dwight or Shaq? And he's like, man, I got to go with Shaq. He got me my ring, man. He got me my ring. And he just kept – and I just kept yeah. being like, man, you didn't get a – you were on the bench, like a backup. Yeah, but Shaq got it for him. You know, like yeah, was, Shaq did get it for him. It was like he – Yeah. He, he put all those numbers in for him. But, yeah, but that's it. Yeah. But they weren't asking him to choose would you rather have Kemp or Shaq and him going, Shaq got me the ring. Right. That would be offensive. Yeah, but I bet he'd still say it. <laughs> sure. He'd still he pick might. Shaq. He'd be like, I got but it. But to choose know? Shaq over a rookie that hasn't gotten anybody a ring yeah, versus the guy true. who personally got him his ring, yeah. I get that. When also, I think Shaq was on the panel when they asked it too. Like it was like he was oh, saying that- it to like the, <laughs> the panel. Shaq's all kicking him under the table. He's like, come on, right? Hey. You, you know, know I'm picking up for dinner after this. You know we did Shaq attacks. <laughs> <laughs> I love Shaq. I love me what he's too. become. He's won me he's over because I didn't used to like him, but now I uh, now I'm on board. Now the more I get to see his personality, his big smile and stuff, like I feel like that with Kobe too. Hated Kobe when he was a player, but it's because I just I know. didn't. I did too. I didn't. We didn't get to see much of how cool he was off the court. I just saw a guy on the court who never smiled, who obliterated my Sonics. And so I was like, fuck this guy. I hate him. And he seemed like a douche and he seemed like he wasn't happy. But then after his death, they should, like, you know, you really dig into like who the guy was. And he seemed like a. Even between awesome the, the retirement and death, they had him do a lot of segments on basketball shows, like in the pregame, where he would break things down. And you actually saw how much he enjoyed the sport and the love of it and how he would like, now that he's not competitive, he was able to actually express that. Yeah, I feel like he didn't want to express that at all to intimidate everybody. And when he was able to express it, I started liking him much like A Rod. Yeah. Once A Rod left the sport, I was like, you know, I like when A Rod's on TV. I started liking Kobe. And then, of course, all the footage that came out every time he since he's passed, it's just all heartbreak. It's all good stuff. Yeah, I read all these stories, all stuff that he did with his free time, and I was like, dude, this guy's like my hero. But I didn't. I literally spent. I I spent his entire life hating him. I was like, fuck that guy. And now. Yeah. yeah, I've watched hours of him talking about the Mamba mentality on YouTube now. That's great. It just gets me psyched. It just gets me so excited for all the things. I call it beast mode where I'm from, you know. Yeah, you got beast mode. But in Chicago, thing. we got pizza and that's it. Like, we don't have no beast mode, nothing. <laughs> yeah, you guys don't have, like, Carrie Wood didn't come up with something. Like, I got into the wood zone. No, there's no wood zone. <laughs> Why didn't he open a wood fire pizza or something like that? You know, some sort of. Oh, like, that would so be many. so perfect. So many things he could have done. Is he vegan? No. I don't know. He just looks so skinny. He's the yeah. only guy to play to get to Chicago and get skinnier. Yeah, that was weird. He got all t- plump. Like when you when yeah. they show him as a kid, he's just a round face. And now he looks younger than he did then. Yeah, he looks like he's like 20. He's got that 20-year-old body where he's just a stick. It's weird. I've never seen anyone retire in Chicago and look thinner. It's just it's weird. You're doing Chicago wrong. Not Carrie, if you're pizza. listening, try a pizza. Just try yeah. one. You might like it. Maybe he picks it up afterwards, you know? Like, he's like, that's his style. Oh, he got the gastro bypass when he was 25? <laughs> he's like, now that I got some money, I can get rid of this extra weight. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Did the yeah, So for some reason, I just assumed he became vegan or something around that time because he just got skinny and stayed skinny. I think strength and conditioning or, like, some something changed for sure. But also, yeah, like there was a mentality getting changed. older and being more responsible is what I'm guessing also. That's Who knows? very true. He did it during his career too. I, I remember it was like the, it was like the 2006, 2007 season. He just came back thinner and stayed thinner. Well, it's a shame. I like fat guys, you know? 
Yeah, who was the fat pitcher from the Yankees that lost all that weight because he stopped eating so many boxes of cereal? <laughs> I don't know. See, there was a guy. There's David Wells, CC Sabathia. CC Sabathia is exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, wait, he, he stopped eating like sugary cereals? Apparently, he used to eat a whole box of, uh, what is it, Captain Crunch in the morning. He would pour the entire box and then eat the entire box. Dude. And then in the offseason, he stopped eating Captain Crunch and he lost like 40 pounds. <laughs> he was a rail. But then he lost all of his intensity. Because it was like there was putting so much of his weight into those pitches. Yeah, yeah, like hunching him over like Babe Ruth. And then he put the weight back on. So, like, I got to get back up to my, like, all-star level. Which, if you're trying to put on weight, pretty fun. That's got to be pretty fun. Especially, like, if you're just like, oh, man, you know what? I need to gain weight. I can go back to my Captain Crunch box and morning routine. Like, that's got to be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's fun to gain 10 pounds. It's not fun to gain 40. Yeah, I actually remember a when show. When you're called, like, oh. There was a show called Fit to Fat to Fit. And the premise I remember was that like, show. Yeah, and the premise was like, all right, you have to, you know, you want to lose all this weight. As your trainer, I'm going to gain 60 pounds and then we're going to lose it together. Mm-hmm. And every time they filmed yeah. the trainers, like eating all their cheat meals and shit, they were like always depressed. They loved it the first night. Like, oh, this is great. I can eat whatever oh, yeah. I want. And then after like two days, they like hated themselves and they fucking are sad and yeah. depressed and like yelling at their partner well mac and always sunny gained all that weight for that one season who there was one season where they decided to make his character fat oh that's right and so he gained a bunch of weight in the off season and he was like yeah it was fun to have ice cream the first night but it's not fun to have like three things of ice cream every night because you also wake up the next day feeling bad oh yeah. you know like and so there's no it's not like oh this is different and an alleviation of stress all of a sudden the stress becomes i have to eat this ice cream yeah and so now well, there was a show it, it's not enjoyable uh, on the show that I was referencing the fit to fat to fit. Uh, he was like, there was one trainer who couldn't do it. She straight up was just like, mm. I can't do this. And like, she had to like go confess to the guy that she was going to like train, mm-hmm. like won't do it. I'm just, I can't commit to the goal of gaining the weight because it's just ruining my life. Like I, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I, I get both sides of it. I really have to let myself go to get myself back again. But I also really enjoy that process. I say we should gain 100 pounds together, and then we'll go lose all the weight. You know, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you know, all the work I just did this whole last year doesn't even matter no more. Yeah, let's, like, let's just let's give them a story, you know, gain 100, lose 100. <laughs> to think I was just so proud of myself for losing 15 pounds. If I lost 100. Think how much oh, more be- happy you'd be. Oh, I'd be, what, seven times happier than I am and now? that's the American way. If we've learned anything here today. Sure, if, if I gave you $20, that'd make you happy, right? Which means, yeah. what if you got a million dollars? Wouldn't you be that much happier, right? If nine uh. months makes a beautiful, perfect baby, imagine how much better the baby <laughs> would be if we kept it in the <laughs> stomach for 18 months. I was thinking you are going to say four years. It's better. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Everything mm-hmm. more is better. That's what we've learned. Everything more is better. Yes. That sounds like an album title for uh, for your Netflix. That's special. my wife. I know you already a, have it. That's my title. TED Talks. <laughs> Everything more is better. You know, so just more. <laughs> but just so I can actually put a sincerity on the $20 million idea. Yeah. I'm sure the things I would have to do for that million dollars, if it was free, yes. 
But yeah. whatever I have to do for that million dollars, I don't think I don't want to go through with it as much as I want to go through with something minor for like twenty dollars. Because like to get twenty dollars, like drink this jalapeno juice. Sure, yeah. done. You want this million dollars? You're gonna have to murder a whole family and get away with it. You know, like Josh Nelson loves this game where he's like, "How much would I have to give you to get a tattoo of a swastika on your face?" And I'm like, "There's no amount. Like I would not do There's that. Not a price." Yeah. yeah, and he's like, "But he wants the game." <laughs> Like he, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he really wants me to be like a hundred, you know, so he can just give me, but it's like, I'm not ever going to do it, dude. Like you keep coming up with things that I would never do ever. I know that that's a real fun game for Josh Nelson, but I guarantee the number is not what Josh Nelson can afford. Well, that's the problem is like, he thinks people will do it. He's like, no, someone would. I was like, no, no one would. Especially because we made all these rules for it. where like, you can't just like say, oh, well, I'll just wear a mask every day and then get it covered up. It's like, that's not how it works. You have to have the problem or else what's the point of the exercise? Yeah, exactly. Like the only people that would, would do it for free. That's the problem. The <laughs> ones that would people. do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're going to pay Charlie Manson. <laughs> when he asked for the tattoo on his forehead, wasn't like, Hey, how much is that going to cost? It was like, cause I've decided $80 is the price. It's okay with it. And if it's above that, no, it's below that. I was yes. on a, I was on an MTV show and they asked me if I wanted to put a swastika on my head for money. And I said, for money, I'll do it for free. <laughs> That's, I, mean, like, I don't know no money. <laughs> gibble, the, gobble, gobble, gibble. Your dirty system money. He was, uh, that's the life I want to live. If we could go back, you know? Yeah, I, would, I want to spend money on his cameo. If I'm going to spend $500 oh on a cameo, God. give me I should Charlie dress Manson. up as Charlie Manson, and that those will be my cameos. <laughs> if you just prank people with your cameos, they're like, yeah, I'll spend $4 on the Jeff die. And then you have, like, the Charlie Manson, like, yeah. oh, oh, happy birthday. Helter Skelter. Kill all <laughs> the whiteies. Like what? <laughs> exactly. He didn't even reference Strumming my a guitar. birthday. <laughs> he didn't, didn't even say the things I told him to say. He was talking about. I would some, love those reviews. He'd be talking one about out of five spirit. stars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be great. All right, brother. I love you, man. Lyrics. What uh, What do you got love going you on in quarantine? Anything? I mean, I got two episodes dropping a week of putting up with Aaron Michael Marsh, my podcast. Nice. Two episodes a week. That's quite a commitment. I've done it the entire quarantine, and I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's great. It, I had extra time, Jeff, and I was like, I got to do something with it. Smart. And so I decided, you know, like, I want to put more focus on my podcast and stuff. So I got, like, I got merch coming. I know nice. that's not out yet. I ordered my enamel pins today. So nice. they should be showing up in, like, three weeks. You'll get one, of course. I'm excited to have one. I, I, the, when I made enamel pins, it was the worst decision I've ever, I've ever made. Why is that? I know that you didn't like it, and I want to ask you about it, but I feel like well, my experience... Well, it starts with... We'll have a different experience, for sure. But I will say, one, it's a design flaw. Mm -hmm. I, it didn't look like me. That's the problem. That's what uh, I don't like about your pin. It looks like Tom yeah. from MySpace. That's the problem. Is that the, yeah. like, it just doesn't look like me. But because of that, I am naive. I bought, like, a thousand of them. And they're like, you want an order of a thousand? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'll sell them. Mm -hmm. I didn't sell any. I mean, I think I sold, like, two ever... And, and like, those yeah. are my most loyal fans who are like rubbing them on their body and stuff. And then mm -hmm. the rest of the universe was like, no, nah, just take a CD or do you just want this money? They didn't even want yeah. the pin. So that, that's the difference. Make sure it's a good pin. That's the point. Mine, I'll send you the design. My brother drew it up. I think it looks like me. I like it. And I figured, you know, like every podcast guest will get one and stuff. It's a good little giveaway for the people that yeah. have done my podcast and stuff. 
And so like, that's, that's the thing. I wanted things to be able to give, but also if somebody does want to support me, because people have asked how they can, and I don't have a thing to give, right? be like, I have this grad bag that has a bunch of stickers of me and my podcast. And then here's like the pin. If people so ask how to support thing. you, should start a Patreon. Just put this on a Patreon. Yeah, I thought about that. I, uh, for some reason, I feel like I'm not big enough for that. Yeah. But that's just me. Well, that could be just where you steer people that want to donate money. Or they want to help. They want to, like, even if it's, like, five bucks or something. But it makes me also feel a little busier and, like, a little more like I'm putting things, like, investing in me. Yeah, I love it. Well, I'm going to do a drive-in show, I think, at uh, in San Diego on August 1st. Nice. Um, And then I'm also, I'll be doing, like, a little, little... RV tour in the middle of next month in August, uh, where we'll be like cool. doing like little pop-up live shows. We'll be golfing. We'll be shooting content. Uh, I think I'm bringing Bub. I'm not sure, um, but that's all I got cooking. So we could do we could do more of these till then. Hell yeah! Thank you for having me, man. This yeah, is great. Of course, brother. Love you, man. Love you too, bud. Peace. my buddy Jeff Dye. You guys know and love Jeff Dye. I feel like I got a lot of you guys from when I used to co-host Jeff Dye's podcast. Uh, Jeff Dye's podcast is called Jeff Dye's Friendship, and some of you may have already heard this episode on that one. Uh, I was asking him to do my podcast again, and he was like, I was thinking the same exact thing. It was time for you to do mine again. And so we decided, hey, let's do one long one. Let's do a long one, and let's share it on both of us. And so it's just a, it's a co-episode. It was both Jeff Dye's friendship and putting up with Aaron Michael Marsh, which uh, I think perfectly describes both of our relationships to each other. You know, like I think that's great. So, boom, episode in the can, feels right. I thought it was, I think it's a great episode. I know that it's longer than, it was like two, three times longer than most of my episodes. But... I really enjoyed every second of it, so I wanted to share every second of it. I know he's sharing every second of it, so boom. Done. Jeff Dye. Welcome back, buddy. Welcome back to Putting Up With Aaron Michael Marsh. And I can't wait to see him again. It's been it's been months. <laughs> I haven't seen that guy in months. Uh, next thing I wanted to say is, I know on the earlier episode, the Monica Nevy episode, I teased the Thomas Germain episode. The Thomas Germain episode, I pushed back because... In between the Thomas one, or in between the releasing of the Monica and Thomas one, Jeff and I recorded this, and we decided we were going to release it right away. And so I was like, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm sorry, Thomas. You were pushed until Friday. Thomas Jermaine's episode is next. It's coming Friday, and it is great. Because I actually want to release Thomas's on YouTube, because it's all about targeted ads. I told you this is on Monica stuff, and how they find you, and how they find you so well, and what you can do to prevent the targeted ads. What a great topic. I had no idea. I've known Thomas for six years now? Five years? No idea that he was as an expert in that. Did not. We always talked about music and film, and we seem to share a lot of the same favorites, especially like those like little things, you know, where... There's, you know, just those days where it's just like, wait, you're, 
we go to the same indie concerts and we like the same indie bands and we like the same indie films. Okay, I got to see what you like and what you have because there's going to got to be a couple gems that you love that I don't know about and vice versa. And we started a great friendship. Fun trivia fact about him. I forgot if I said this on the other episode, so I apologize if I did. His dad, Thomas Tremaine's dad, is the creator of Recess and Rugrats. So uh, when his dad created the show Rugrats, he named his his infant child after him. So Tommy Pickles is named after Thomas Tremaine, our next guest. Just a fun fact. We don't talk about it at all in the episode. Uh, I asked him if it was okay to talk about it before the episode, and he goes, of course, sure, yeah, whatever. And then it just never got brought up. The conversation happened and went, and it went so smoothly, it just never happened. But, bam, that's what's coming up. So you got a good episode coming up Friday, too. It's a great week for this podcast. Uh, as always, you can find me at Aaron M. Marsh on all of my social media. You can find Jeff Dye at Jeff Dye on all of his social media. You can rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast anywhere you want to, to tell you the honest to God truth. If you wrote Putting Up With Aaron Michael Marsh on Bathrooms, thank you. If you end up in the future with one of these stickers I'm printing out, you got my stickers and you want to put it in bathrooms, thank you. Send me a picture. If you send me a picture of you putting up my stickers anywhere, I will share it. I swear to God. Tag me in it. I'll share it. That's a promise. Okay, guys. That's that's the end of the episode. We did it. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong Whether I find a place in this world or never belong I've got to be me, I gotta be me What else can I be but what I am? I'll go it alone, that's how it must be I can't be right for anyone else if I'm not right for me. I've got to be free. I gotta be free. Derek, I try to do it.